0: The topics and themes on our program are generally adult in nature and may contain explicit language. Therefore, these conversations may not be suitable for younger audiences. You are listening to Typed Out in Japan. This is season two. I am your host, Nick Polifron, and I am here in Japan with my co-host, Tamara. Welcome. Thank you. How are you?
1: I'm a little sleepy today, but I'm good.
0: Good, good. So everyone, this is Tamara. Tamara is my senpai. Tamara, can you explain to our listeners what a senpai is, if they don't already know?
1: Well, senpai is a word that basically means your older co-worker, older classmate, any... Well, what would you say?
0: I would say somebody that generally has experience in something before you. Like they've done the job before you, or it could be somebody that's older than you. Someone that has sort of like already done the grunt work, and that when you're coming into the situation as like the greenie the new the new person you kind of look up to them for advice so you are my senpai yes. yeah and you're my kohai hey so yeah kohai if you wouldn't mind explaining
1: the opposite of senpai yes <laughs> <laughs> it's like a top and a bottom <laughs>
0: <laughs> except like not as i don't anyway yeah you know what i mean you know what i mean that is sexual ew weird but not weird so, Tamara, where are you from?
1: I'm from Chicago, Illinois.
0: Yes. Born and raised?
1: Born and raised.
0: Yeah. So, and how long have you been in Japan now?
1: A little over a year now, I yeah. would say.
0: Yeah. Teaching. Teaching, But yes. you were here studying.
1: Yes, I did study abroad for about a year, three years ago.
0: Yeah. So, two years of Japan experience living in... In the culture, interacting with, you know, Japanese people and killing it with the language. I have to say, you make me so jealous every time you're like,
1: da-da-da-da, like, <laughs>
0: but I in don't... Japanese.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would disagree, but thank you.
0: Welcome to season two, and thank you for being my co-host this season. So Thank
1: you for having me.
0: I'm so excited. There's just <laughs> so many things, like, uh, we were just saying right before we started, Tamara and I actually... Um, just here we go. A little bit of backstory for everyone that's listening. Tamara and I are here as teachers in Japan and we were actually placed in the same town In our town, um, there's only 8,000 people. Mm. So, uh, it's pretty small. We're out in what they would consider to be the countryside or the Inaka as it were. And there are only two of us, which, is kind of rare, I would say.
1: It's maybe? pretty rare, yes. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. I was having a conversation with somebody last week who's also on the program and they were saying they live in a complex of 25 yeah. ALTs. I
1: can't even imagine.
0: Right? That would be like living in a dorm full, like filled of, like, other English teachers. And...
1: I feel like it would be fun, but also a little
0: annoying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I would feel like I was in college, I think. Yeah. Which I like sort of, to me, that would still sort of be like in a bubble of not full immersion,
1: Yeah, I suppose. exactly.
0: Yeah. And I like sort of being fully immersed yeah. as much as I can. So having Japanese neighbors and the more, the more contact with the culture, the language, the people, the better for me. Yeah. So, so you've been here for two years, you're teaching. Um, and I should preface this, that, for the sake of protecting the identity of our town our students our teachers our co-workers um we will just like generically refer to folks um so it's not that we're being uh wishy-washy or cryptic um it's just meant to protect the sort of identity of those around us um we'll try to fill in as many details as we can without giving anything away but yes. we do have jobs here sorry
1: and I have quite a few nicknames <laughs> for my co-workers. So. Yeah.
0: So um, we are really going to try to keep the integrity of our jobs, but also um, really just talking today specifically about your experience, about being mm. a woman in Japan, but not only a woman in Japan, a black woman in Japan. So, Yep. and I know <laughs> there are quite a few people who are curious About both of those topics. Yes. So, but Tamara, tell us about you. From Chicago, been living in Japan now for two some odd years separately, but combined experience. Mm -hmm. Did you study Japanese when you were home?
1: Yes. So since I was a freshman, Mm -hmm. I was studying Japanese.
0: Yeah. And just from our conversations that we've had, I know there's a bit of an interesting history around your interest in Japan and Japanese culture from growing up that you maybe got a bit of flack for that.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, I did. Um, so when I was younger, I would watch, you know, like Japanese anime and whatnot with my brother mm-hmm. and a lot of people, my classmates and some of my neighbors and yeah. so called friends, yeah. you know, back then. And even relatives weren't too happy about that. Hmm. And when I say not too happy I just mean like a lot of people seem to think that if you have an interest in anything other than hip hop and rap and I don't know, Philly cheesesteaks. Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> <laughs> Italian <laughs> beefs. Yeah. Anyone from Chicago, Italian beefs, then Maybe you're not black mm. is basically what I got. Like what's this weird, weird Chinese girl doing? My eyes okay, so a lot of people had a lot of things to say about me growing up mm. and the way I looked did not help mm. their, I guess, perception of me, so to speak. Because at least in America, I think a lot of people would say that why you got those weird eyes like your eyes are so you know kind of thing like are you Chinese or something like that I don't understand that but whatever I guess so yeah my family members were concerned and wondering why I like that weird stuff my friends didn't really understand and my classmates were pretty rude about it mm. so yeah
0: yeah I know you've we've had conversations about where you felt. There's a bit of conflicting identity about like, what am I supposed to be based off of where I've grown up and what my interests are? Yeah. Yeah.
1: See, somehow I managed to care about what everyone thought about me, but also not stopping my hobbies, which was a good thing in retrospect. But back then I was like, I wish I could just be normal, like be a normal black girl, because according to everyone around me. I wasn't quote unquote black enough.
0: Yeah. But I just, I don't know what that, I mean, I guess it's really not intended for me to understand, but I don't (laughs) understand what that term is because I've also had somebody say to me, I don't think you're gay enough. And to me, it's like,
1: I don't know what that means.
0: Exactly. So it's just like, if I, if I try to put that in a context through which I think I could understand, uh, It's just like the fact that I am gay makes me gay enough.
1: Exactly. The fact that I'm black makes me black enough. Is there like a, is there a spectrum of how black you are? Because I mean, to the racists, we're all black, right? Yeah. So how am I not black enough just because I don't like what you like? Right. Because there are black women that can't dance. There are black women that can't braid. There are black women that can't sing, but they're still black.
0: Right. It's like your lived experience and like your interests don't necessarily determine like, again, this spectrum that you're supposed to be, that is supposed to be quantifiable, like blackness or gayness or queerness, whatever it happens to be, or femininity or masculinity, that there's some quantifiable like uh, calculation or scale. Yeah, but,
1: yeah, exactly, but there's not really. No. There's okay. not. It's just are you gay or not? Yeah. Are you black or not? Yeah. Yes, I am. Okay. That should be the end of the conversation. Exactly. It doesn't I, <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me, but you know, that's how people
0: are. Yeah. But all I can say is that I'm super glad that you pursued your interests that's and <laughs> that we wound up here in Japan together yeah. because I would have to say for the odds of us only being the two ALTs in our town and getting along as well as we do, super thankful for that. So very,
1: very thankful. Thank because you. <laughs> that would be a really long year. Right. Or however long both of us wound up staying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which uh,
0: hopefully will be for quite some time. Yeah. So. But. So, taking following off of that, going from pursuing your interests, and uh, you said that you first came to Japan when you were in college.
1: Yes, I was a junior in college.
0: And you spent a year here.
1: Yes, my entire junior year.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, did you have any apprehensions coming to Japan as a black woman?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. So, there, there was a few. So, first... Um, my family, my family said, you better be careful because they don't like black people down there. You Mm -hmm. better be careful. And I was like, oh, okay.
0: (laughs) 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 My family says the down there too. And it's just like, you mean over there? (laughs) Yeah, over, over. it's all all the way over there.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And then there was two people, there were actually two people that I went to college with. They were my seniors. And... Both of them had gone into the same program that I was about to go into Mm. and studied abroad for, I think they both studied abroad for a year. I'm pretty sure. And they were both African-Americans. One of them was a dark-skinned black woman and another one was a lighter-skinned male. Mm. And both of them said that they had a horrible time Mm. and all of their friends that they thought, like the Japanese people that they thought were their friends weren't actually their friends and were completely different when they got there. And the people in Japan were very rude to them, probably based on their race. Actually, one of the girls, her parents are actually ambassadors. Mm. So she actually lived in Japan for quite some time and she went to Japanese school. Wow. And so I'm sure she had one heck of a time back then. I can just imagine... And, yeah, so after hearing that, I was very, very nervous mm. to come. You know, I had no idea what to expect. And I was counting on the Japanese friends that I had and that I had made through my college's programs. Mm-hmm. And whatnot, but after hearing that my friends are going to abandon me and none of them are going to act the same and I'm going to have a horrible time as a black woman in Japan, I was like, well, should I still go? I'm not really sure. Yeah. Not to mention my family wasn't... My family was happy about it, of course, but they were, again, convinced that everyone here are racist. And I actually had one of my childhood friends. I went to see him he lived like right around the corner and we grew up together. So he knew that I liked Japanese things yes. from like a young age. And we hadn't really talked much since then, but I wanted to see his grandma and see him and see how he was doing. And he was like, what? You're going to Japan. You still on that Japanese shit? And I was like, oh, well, um, yes, I am. And now I'm going to Japan. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, nothing. Okay, bye. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But yeah, so I did. Yeah, I had quite a few apprehensions. Not to mention I wasn't that good at Japanese back then. Mm. I couldn't even do like I couldn't even really do like everyday conversation. Mm. So it was a little rough, but I was still excited to go. Yeah, oh, it was sure. my dream. I've been wanting to go to Japan since I was younger. So yeah. I was still super excited, and I had other friends that were also going with me. Two people in particular who were like, you know, you shouldn't let them, like, rule your experience or, like, ruin your experience before you even go because just because they experience that doesn't mean that you will. Like, their friends aren't your friends. And their experiences aren't going to be your experiences. And you aren't going to meet the same people. You're not going with the same people. You're not going at the same time. You have no idea what it's going to be like, so just chill and go in with an open mind and see what happens. Yeah, and yeah, my two friends that I went with really got me through that because I think I'm pretty easily influenced in that way, or mm. I get nervous about new. Th- I get nervous about anything that's new or change, no matter how like excited I am about it. To like, oh my gosh, change. Yeah. So,
0: and it's also like when you don't have experience somewhere else or limited experience or perceptions of what it might be like Mm. when you hear from somebody that does have lived experience and they tell you that it wasn't great, you can't help but feel like that might color a little bit of of your, what you're nervous about, you know, or that the things that you are worried about encountering may or may not come true.
1: It's only natural, right? For sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like humans in general are, apprehensive you know like taking it right back to i I believe it's called the reptilian brain or one of your like your primitive brain where it's fight or flight Mm. you know and like on a very basic level we are still instinctively reflexive towards fight or flight situations and so if we feel like there's a situation where it could be jeopardizing well more often than not not jump into that situation, you know. You don't actively seek necessarily those situations that might be uncomfortable, or yeah, which is you know, why that,
1: a lot of conversation are, aren't being had. Well,
0: how about that? <laughs> yeah, so, uh. but good thing they have us. Yes, As suppose as as one one source of of the many things that need to be talked about. So, and then so you finally went on the program. You came, Did. you studied abroad, and. You had all these perceptions, all these anticipations. And what was it finally like once you arrived?
1: Oh my gosh, I had the best time ever. And like you said earlier about um, having that like bubble and not being fully immersed. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't fully immersed. Yeah. But because, you know, I did live in a dorm. But all the people in a the dorm, they were all so nice. And I met so many different people from so many different countries. And I'd never met hardly any... One from different countries before. So I was super excited how like nice everyone was. And I felt like I was finally, as cheesy as that sounds, like I felt like I was finally the main character of my story. Yeah. Because I've never really felt like, you know, the people that you see on TV, like they have a lot of friends and they always they're always doing something they're always have some kind of adventure and they're going somewhere and they're doing all these things and meeting all these people and blah 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 and i finally got to do all those things and i had all these friends suddenly and we were doing everything mm-hmm. and even on the lazy days i had like a group of friends that i would hang out with and it was just it was incredible and the japanese people that i met they were really nice as well there's sometimes people would just talk to me on the street which is something that you will get if you go if you're in Kansai in Japan Mm. especially like Kyoto Osaka area Mm. and there are some times that I had where I was like oh yeah that's what yeah that's kind of something that I expected but it was nothing like what like the negative comments that I got before coming here so
0: Um, just to tail off of what you just mentioned for our listeners who may be unfamiliar with the different regions of Japan, Kansai is the area around, as you mentioned, Osaka, Kyoto.
1: Kobe, Nara. Kobe,
0: Nara. It's sort of middle Japan on the main island, I think. Yes. More more middle. Um, and it's known to be more relaxed um, yes. as opposed to Kanto, which is more Tokyo area, um, which is a little bit more conservative at least in their speech and i think even the the perceived personality is more conservative
1: but a lot more i don't want to say foreigner friendly i'll say english friendly
0: Mm. yeah english friendly yeah and that's another thing like what you just mentioned about like even foreigner friendly something that i would love to dive into through your experience is like japan as a whole i think Of the people living here, only 2% are non-Japanese. So it's a very homogenous country. And that's a 2019 statistic. Like 2% of the people in in Japan are foreigners. And sometimes, especially like in areas that we happen to be living in, which again, Inaka, the countryside, (laughs) it's hard to come across or you very rarely come across as a Japanese person, foreigners.
1: Unless it's cherry blossom season, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, which I mean just pulls this out in droves. Um, everyone's visiting during cherry blossom season, but, but you're ready. I mean I've heard stories of people like being the foreigner walking through like Inaka, and they will have like a little obachan, a, a, an older lady run out of her house and be like, oh my God, you're the first foreigner I've ever seen in my life.
1: (laughs) Really? Yes. Wow.
0: Yeah, I heard um, somebody was telling me this story and I I can't remember where uh, or who the person was, but this, this elderly woman ran out of her house and was like, you're the first foreigner I've ever seen. She's older, probably in her 70s, and invited her in. Oh, they're the cutest. Yeah, invited her in to chat and like wanted to know about her. She wanted to know about somebody that was non-Japanese, which is amazing. And it's not, that isn't the norm. No. You know, like I think sometimes it's hard to tell if if you're being accepted in a situation as a foreigner. And so as a black female foreigner, I'm curious to know what incidents um, or if there's anything that sticks out at the top of your mind that especially maybe while you were studying abroad first integrating into Japan and Japanese culture that maybe you could speak on?
1: Well, there are just little things that I noticed. Mm. It wasn't anything super like crazy that you might like horror stories that you might hear online. But um, for example, I had this, I got very close to a girl from Ireland and she was just this beautiful white girl. She had bright blue eyes and like light sandy brown hair, almost, almost blonde, mm. kind of slim, very like outgoing and happy. And we got really close. And I just noticed how differently, specifically Japanese men, treated her versus the way they treated me or talked to me or regarded me. Mm. And it was kind of hard to separate. Um how can I say that? It was was a little hard to separate my feelings on that sitting like that whole situation yeah. and my feelings for her because of course I loved her but there was some I want to say animosity like oh like you're being treated this way because of this this and this hmm. Which, of course, led me to compare myself, which comes from my own like issues that I have. But that's one of the things that I um, noticed. Just the way they would somewhat talk through me yeah. versus her. Like how they would give me little like pity responses, hmm. I would call them. And then how engaged they were with her. Like what they invited her to and what I got invited to through her but not necessarily because anyone wanted me there yeah yeah
0: so almost as if like let's include tomorrow but not necessarily make her the center of conversation like we are this other young woman
1: um yeah i think it was more like she invited me and Mm. they're like oh okay a foreigner we don't have Uh, interest in yeah
0: but There's also been some interesting things that you've told me about where people have perceived you as being Okinawan,
2: right?
1: (laughs) That, okay, those, (laughs) that wasn't until this time. Okay. Like, when I studied abroad, I was more, I had more friends that were other international students than I did, like, actual Japanese students or Mm. people. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a, that's for... This this year <laughs> this experience yeah this yeah, yeah. this was this experience yeah but um, other than that have I had anything that was really particularly bad? I mean not really mm. it was just the way I felt when the way I felt sorry to be so candid but when there yeah. was a white woman in the room
0: no please be candid please
1: yeah. so. Seeing that difference kind of sucked. Yeah. But, or feeling that difference probably sucked a little more. Yeah.
0: And one thing I would love to call back to is you were saying that, you know, the sort of animosity, to use the word that you had Mm -hmm. mentioned, towards your friend because you saw she was being treated differently versus yourself. And then you said that it was something that you needed to deal with. I wouldn't say that's necessarily a personal issue. I would say that's a societal issue. That's something that does stem from.
1: Well, it, it is a societal issue, but I mean, but... my reaction towards her, I, I guess, because it's not her fault necessarily. Like maybe it's more so like society's fault, but it wasn't like she was doing anything to exclude me or like make them like her more than me or anything like that. It wasn't yeah. like that. It was just, oh, I'm being confronted with this thing. That she's benefiting from and I'm not mm. there for my feelings towards her Yeah. start to fluctuate. Yeah. And I felt bad about that because she's like a really close friend. I love her so much. You yeah. Know? Yeah. There was also maybe a thing about like, I guess the way being treated as a woman. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm more of a curvy... Slightly busty black woman. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just come out and say it. <laughs> I am a busty... I'm a busty black woman with, you know, with the boobs and then the little curve in and then the, you got the hips, you yeah. know, and we would go to clubs. Yeah. And the expectation that Japanese men had for me versus what they had for my slim white friend was also drastically different. Hmm. Like a lot of people... Just went straight for the sexual aspect of it. With you? With me. Hmm. Versus her where people wanted to like date her, like take her here, show her this or show her that. But when it came to me, it was literally one of the guys in the friend group just like grabbed me. Said he loved me because I think he got that translation all kinds of messed up. <laughs> and then <laughs> how though? Yeah. And then followed me out of the club and said, "Okay, well, here's here. Look, look, look at my. He was drunk. Look at my schedule. Okay, I please let's go to a hotel." And I was like, "I don't want to go to a hotel with you." And he's like, "Let's let, no, let's go to a hotel. Like I'm not leaving the club." Okay, well here here's my schedule. I'm free this day and this day and this day. So let's have sex.
0: What? Here's my schedule. Let's put it on a calendar.
1: Yeah. I was like, um, no, 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 no. And this was
0: uh, another student, like a fellow.
1: Yeah. Student. student. A student that was in our little, one of our like clubbing groups. I hadn't, that was the first night I'd ever met him too. And he seemed like the shy, like the shy glasses wearing type. Hmm. But I guess when he's drunk, he's a little different. I guess so. So, yeah, you know, versus my friend who one of the guys in the group liked her and they went out on dates and blah, blah, blah. And she wasn't exactly feeling him because she didn't want a boyfriend or anything like that. But he was head over heels. Mm. And I was like, I kind of felt like I was just an object mm. there for like sexual gratification. And she was there. As, like, the final prize, so to speak. Yeah. And I just felt like a big-breasted exotic bird, you mm-hmm. know? I've gotten I'd gotten the word exotic so many times when I studied abroad. Oh, it was coming back now. So many, like, so many people, like, you're just so exotic.
0: And this was Japanese people or this was other foreigners? These
1: were Japanese men. Calling
0: you calling exotic. Calling me
1: exotic, saying, oh, you're... Body is so nice. Your boobs are so big, and look at that curve, and you know things like that. I know one time I went to the club, and these Japanese guys came to me in a group. This was my first time being drunk, by mm. the way. So they all oh flocked me in a group. And they tried to take me out of the club and do God knows what with me. I don't know what they were planning on doing. But I got saved by a very, very nice African guy. Yeah. And he scolded my friends for leaving me alone. <laughs> he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, it was, it's, it's insane. Yeah. There was another time I was with a Japanese guy. He had long dreadlocks. And he brought me to another club. And his friends were saying some pretty disgusting things about me. Like, oh, man, do you see her boobs? Like, wow, that's amazing. Like, what are you going to do to her tonight kind of thing? What? And like, oh, like, look at her. He, then, then they tried to touch me. And the guy that I was with was like, um, no, 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 no. Don't touch her. She's with me. Stop. Like, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I was still like, this is not how you treat humans. Yeah. Maybe the club, like, that was my first time going to a club, and I've still never been to a club in America, if I'm being honest, but Mm. I was like, is this how it is? Because that's not good. I just felt like an object, like, I don't know, a blow-up doll that everybody wanted to touch and use and throw away. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely, I would say that's not the norm. Like clubs, yeah, people are generally out there to attract someone. Of course. But hopefully people don't act outside of themselves and disrespect others or do something without permission or, you know. And also, I think it's important to preface that like these are certain individual experiences and like the behavior of these men don't speak about all Japanese men. Oh, of course yeah. not. Of course not. Not for you, but for our, for our listeners. Yeah, Please, to be please like, don't think that yeah. Japanese
1: men are horrible, like horny little monkey creatures that are yeah. running around trying to pounce on the first person that they see. Cause that's not how they are. It's just right. my, some of the experiences that I've had.
0: Yeah. It's like singling out some of the frat boys in America that can act like this. Yeah. You know? So exactly.
1: Same, same way.
0: Yeah. Same way. Yeah. A bunch of chads. We're talking to you. <laughs> Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs>
1: fucking chad
0: (laughs) (laughs) so but anything else from from studying abroad or how about now like as a teacher like once things shifted from from being in that sort of bubble of your university to then branching out and living in a full town and being fully immersed
1: yeah yeah um Well, first, when I first got here, I was so nervous. It was my first time living alone and my first time working. It's my first job. This is my first job, you guys.
0: Bad ass.
1: (laughs) Bad ass. So when I first got here, I didn't know what to do. And everyone was like, oh, my God, she looks so scared. Is she okay? (laughs) Dang, girl, she looks so scared. Is she okay? Like our teacher today
0: my yeah. sensei, are you scared?
1: <laughs> I was like, that's just my face. I swear, I, I don't know what I look like, but apparently I look scared all the time. But no, I... No. Um, yeah, so being immersed was definitely, has definitely been an experience and it's a continuing experience. But it was, I think it's a good experience, you know? I mean, there's some it's good not to, it's good to have this experience because I can see Japan without the rose colored glasses. Yeah. You know, and that comes with the good and the bad.
0: Yeah. So. And I think that's so important. And I think that is like the touchstone of sort of what I want to talk about throughout this season of the podcast is like sort of removing those rose colored glasses, which I think anytime you have, an affinity for a culture or a country um, from an outside perspective, whether it happens to be Japan or America or France, Spain, you name it, any one of them, you know, if you really like what you know of the culture and what you know of the language and those sort of things, I think it's so easy to sort of romanticize yeah. that culture, the people, the language until you live there, which my experience, because, you know, I came to Japan three years ago. And was only here for two two weeks, fell in love, it fortified everything that I had already felt mm. about Japan. But this time feels so different. And it does feel like those rose tinted glasses have been removed. So thank you for, for introducing that concept. Not even so.
1: removed, like that slapped off your face. Yeah, it's like, what you thought? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll take those. Thank you. Ooh, <laughs> yeah.
1: man, that slap.
0: But again, that's every culture. It's every country. You know, um, even today, somebody made the comment at school that America's the best. Oh, and I was yeah. like, uh, but it's not. You know, like that could very well be the perception from outside. But Is it
1: these days though? Like, it, who uh, thinks I that know. still?
0: I know. I mean, there, there are people, but also we know things differently than than anybody on the outside, you I mean, know, like, yeah, that's true. and I even see that through some of our students, like the things that sort of come through that, like filter of the extremely popular.
1: Come on, baby. America. <laughs> oh yeah. It's just like,
0: wow, that made it through. And that's what you think of American people or American culture. Yep. Wow. That's crazy. And it's mm-hmm. not at all like that. Um, but that's, that's everything, you know, it, it sort of has to go through that, like, media really it goes through media and then it's the trickle down telephone effect you know where we build these sort of perceptions but that's why I love having conversations like these to sort of like pull back the curtain on those things and yeah. you know for somebody that is interested in Japanese culture that perhaps loves anime and manga and all the things cosplay and <clears throat> myself um, <laughs> it's like so easy to romanticize yeah. what it could be like living in Japan and thinking that every day is a dream But it's not, it's difficult, you know? And so here's, you know, one person tomorrow, (laughs) your experience of what it's been like living here, you know? So, but yeah, being here, being fully immersed, being nervous and now thinking like first job ever living in Japan. What was the sort of reception? What was like now that you're in a school, you're dealing with other teachers and students and, you know, with students, with anybody that, are suddenly introduced kids more often, I would say more likely kids than adults are don't have that like social filter of like what not to say, what not to ask, those sorts of things. Yeah. You know. What was it like?
1: Well, let's see. So I was introduced to all of the all of the schools where I would just come in, everyone would stand. And, like, line the walls and watch me do my self-introduction. And then they would clap. courtesy clap-claps. Yeah. And then I would leave and go to the next school. And then leave and go to the next school. And that's how it went. Yeah. But when I actually got into the school, I can tell you the elementary school. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there was a teacher. And he was just... I, oh, my gosh. So... There is an event called this called Sports Day. Undokai. Yes. Undokai. Sports Day here, and they set up these tents, and they have to do the chalk lines in the sand. The sand they got sand lots. Oh, yeah. here. There ain't no ain't no wood chips up in here. Yeah. Sand it's lots. like a
0: multi-purpose lot. Yes, that can be transformed into anything.
1: Yes, and this time it was being transformed into a track for Sports Day, and. I was informed that I didn't have to go to that. And I didn't have to go to the sports day either.
0: Really? You got off the hook that easy? Yep.
1: Like at the elementary school, the, ju- the junior high school, you have to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the elementary school, you can go or you cannot go. It's up to you.
2: Okay.
1: And I ordered a bento, um, a lunchbox. Yeah. So, but the day got changed from Saturday to Sunday. So I thought, hmm, okay, I'll go and get the bento because it's going to be a waste if I don't go and eat it. So I went in at around noon because, mind you, I'll say it again, I was not required to be there. Yeah. And one of the teachers, this scary guy, (laughs) he just looks like he comes over, like sachets all slinky like a black cat and comes over and he's like, oh, Hey, and I'm like, hi. And he's like, what time did you get here? And I'm like, um, I got here maybe around noon. It was like maybe 1230 at this point. He's like, oh, everyone else got here in the morning on time. And I was like, oh, um, okay. Well, (laughs) I got here at noon. Right. I'm just here to pick up my bento. And he's like, yeah, okay. Looks like you got your hair done y'all i got i I was just wearing my wig like I had my regular i had my regular hair out when I first got there, and then I had my wig on I had a different wig on today yeah that that's all I just had a different wig on, so I can understand why he thought I got my hair done but where would I even get my hair <laughs> yeah, done from
0: like at the salon of tomorrow thank you
1: <laughs> like calm down and I'm like, oh yeah yeah um got a different hair sound is like huh Yeah. Okay. And then you walked away and I was like, oh my God, what's happening? And then they got outside and they were doing the preparation, like pitching the tents and doing the chalk lines and collecting cones and whatnot. And him, same guy, him and some other teachers, they were holding a tent. There was maybe six poles. So there was six teachers. and He was in the front and they're marching past. And he's like, oh, you decided to actually help. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, go do something else. We got this. And then they all started laughing. And I was like, am I getting bullied? Are you serious right now? So I went to the bathroom and... I cried a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I cried a little bit because I was like, I can't believe this. Um, Because, you know, I was like little 22-year-old me. Yeah. And everyone else. And I'm like, crap, what am I supposed to do? Was I supposed to come? So I, like, reconfirmed for, like, the fourth or fifth time whether I was really, like, supposed to be there or not. And, you know, the other teacher that was there before Nick here. Like, you know, kind of calmed me down and was like, listen, like, you know, that guy is just being a butthole and he's kind of like that. Like, just don't worry about it. And I was like, how can you tell me not to worry about it? I just got to They already hate me. Yeah. And <laughs> so then um, I went back out. Another teacher was nice enough to, like, let me help them. And I ended up staying way past the time that I was supposed to stay because I was nervous after that. Yeah. And guess who my seatmate was when on the first day of classes. This guy, this mother lover, was right <laughs> next to me. He's he was sitting right next to me. He's he's my. I was like, "Are you serious?" That's the one person I do not want to sit next to. Yeah. But now, look at this. He's my favorite person now. Really, he is my absolute favorite. We get along so. Well, I've
0: never heard the story. I want to ask who it is, but we can't say. So <laughs> like, off air. You'll I call me.
1: him Aniki.
0: Aniki. I've never heard the name.
1: <clears throat> Aniki is um, it means older brother in Japanese. Oh. And usually um, like a hooligan type boy would usually call their older brother that if, if I'm wrong, please let me know. But um, either that or like kind of like the Yakuza. Would Mm. maybe say, oh, Aniki, like someone that's older than them. Mm. I call him Aniki because he's kind of like an older brother to me. I have all brothers. I've got seven brothers. And yeah, they're all older than me. The oldest, I think, is like in his 40s. So, you know, I call him Aniki because he's kind of mean and kind of, he's still an asshole. But <laughs>
0: but an it, asshole you kind of like. <laughs> yeah,
1: I really like him. And we get along, we get along swell. Yeah. And actually it's the same thing for another woman who I also did not like and was terrified of because she just has, she has the, she like has the resting bitch face of a goddess. mm like, it's just stone. And I didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to feel. She wasn't giving me anything. And I was like, oh, no, I can't deal with this. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. But when she smiles, it's like the sun. Oh. And she's great. Like, I was leaving a few days. I think it was yesterday, actually. I, like, ran in to get to do my time card. And she wasn't in the room when I, like, said goodbye to everyone. And then I was coming out of the time card because my time card is, like, in the in the kitchen somewhere. But anyway, I come out of the kitchen and she's going in and she stops and looks over and she just waves at me and gives me this big smile and says, Aww. bye. And I'm like, oh, bye. She's super sweet. Yeah. I like her too. It's funny because usually the people that I thought I would dislike or did dislike at the beginning or just like was just terrified of are like my besties now.
0: Yeah. I think one that's a prime example of also my like experience when I first started in the sense of like not knowing if people like you or like I feel like we focus on that so much in the states like do people like me do people like me am I fitting in and in Japan it's very much from what I perceive and do correct me if I'm wrong as my senpai (laughs) where it's like people aren't always like face first like they are in America in the sense of like People are always smiling at you and da, da da da. like it may happen in moments. But if somebody looks serious, it doesn't mean that they don't like you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Everybody's got other stuff going going on. It's yeah. not about you.
0: Yes, exactly. It's
1: not about you. <laughs>
0: As Miss Jean says, <laughs> people aren't thinking about you like you think they're thinking about you. Yeah, they're not. So shout out to Miss Jean. That's Allison's mom. Um, but yeah, it, it was like after speaking with Becky, my friend, who was... Also on the podcast last season, she was saying, you know, after having a conversation with her, because I felt so nervous, like sort of that same situation of like, oh, my God, people don't like me. And um, there was a situation at the, the junior high school where I felt like I was being bullied. And again, like not having the uh, the language experience to really yeah. know what's being said. All I'm going off of is either body language or just sort of like tonality. Yeah. But again, I'm applying that to my own culture right so it was just like i felt so out of sorts so upset and it was probably the first time that i felt like i could cry to (laughs) almost do the same thing like run in the bathroom just be like everybody hates me (laughs) um but becky gave me the best advice and she was just like you know i ask that you don't take anything personally just be open to experiences and just realize like This is new for you, and it's new for them, too. Yeah, of course.
1: Because they have to figure out how to communicate with you. Yeah. Like, how much Japanese does this person know? How much can I say and not say? What do I have to say in English? How do they teach? There's so many different things that they have to think about. And Japanese teachers are stressed. Yeah. Sis, they are (laughs) (laughs) stressed.
0: They work some long-ass hours. They do.
1: They get, like... So. I can say when they get off, right? That's not going to Yeah, work. no, that's not yeah, like... <laughs> like, they get off at 5 and they be here till like 7, 8 o'clock. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy.
0: They do... I mean, the teacher teachers in America work hard, but like here, it's unlike anything I've seen.
1: Yeah, like they do house call. They have to go to people's houses and check up on the students. If the students are having a problem, they have to figure it out with the parents. They have to ask the parents if they can, if they can keep the kids after for this, that, and the other. Mm. There's so many different things.
0: Yeah. So it's it's crazy. But one thing I would love to come back to mm. um, is, especially this time, like now that you're here as a teacher, yes. is the people thinking that you were Okinawan, which... Um, because I just find this so fascinating. I find <laughs> it so fascinating. And for our listeners, Okinawa is the southernmost island of Japan. And those people happen to be more, happen to be darker complected. Yes. So,
1: Tamara, please take it away. Um, well, I went on a date with a guy from Tinder. and <laughs> From the Tinder. <laughs> and, um... He, we just went to this very cheap and very good restaurant called size area You should check it out if you want. It's really <laughs> if good. you're in Japan, yeah. If you're in Japan, yeah. go to size area And um, we were sitting down, and he was like, "So, what are you?" And I'm like,
2: uh, "What? What am
1: I?" And he's like, "Well, I mean, I don't know. You, I know that you're not Japanese because, like, you know your features, but your color." Is like someone from Okinawa. So, you know, like, what are, what are you? And I'm like, I'm black. (laughs) I don't know what to say. (laughs) And he's like, what? No, no. Right. No, no, no. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, no. I mean, you know, your eyes are kind of like Japanese, too. And I'm like, no, I'm just black. And he's like, you're not like, mixed. And I'm like, no, I'm not from Okinawa. I'm not mixed. I don't know why you're so confused. Just take my word for it, for what I am. You just asked me, right? And I've had that experience before when I was, like, my last year of college. There was two Japanese people that I knew, a guy and a girl. And I was talking about, like, some black issues, you know, like, talking about racism and how angry I was about something that, I don't forget what happened, but something happened that made me mad. And he stopped me mid-sentence. He's like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, but why do you even care? You're not black. What? And I was like, okay, first of all, it doesn't matter if I'm black or not. If someone's not being treated right, I would say something about it. Second of all, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 really? No, you're not black. And I'm like, yes, I am. And he's like, what?
0: This was a Japanese guy? Yeah, a
1: Japanese guy. Blew his freaking mind. Oh my God. And the same thing with another girl. I said something about being black, and she's like, "No, no, no, you're not black, though." And I was like, "Girl, yes, I am." And she's like, "No." And then she grabbed my arm and put my arm next to her arm. She's like, "See, we're the same color." And I was like, "That doesn't mean anything. I'm still black." Right. I don't understand what you're trying to say. And she's like, "No, no, no, no." And then I have to—I googled a picture of like black people standing in a line, like a gradient line of lightest black person to darkest black person. Yeah. And she's like, "No." what, they're all black? And I'm like, yes, they are. Yes, mm. ma'am. I don't know what to tell you. And even on Tinder, see, on Tinder, I think maybe it's more so like, mm, the fact that I speak Japanese. Yeah. That makes them think that, but I, I don't know how many times, this week I've gotten like five or six people like, are so are you half Japanese? Because you can speak Japanese. Probably. Yeah. I doubt it's because of the way I look, right? Like, and you're just like, no, like you, you're half, are you half Japanese? Nope. Are you sure? Yep. Are you sure? Like,
0: uh, no, definitely I'm not. Pretty i pretty mean, sure. As the foremost expert on myself, <laughs> I have absolutely no idea.
1: Like, I think my mom is my mom and my dad is my dad. Maybe not. Right. Maybe you know something I don't know.
0: But even still being raised, it's not like you were raised in a Japanese speaking household. Yeah. So.
1: And then another person was like, oh, so you're not half. So did you just live in Japan like forever? And I'm like, no, not that either. He's yeah. like, well, I just don't understand. I'm like, all right, well, just don't understand then, I guess.
0: Right, just move on. Yeah, Like, just take me up and <laughs> word.
1: And there was another teacher here, actually, in the elementary school who was confused about, like, my color versus my ethnicity. Mm. And he was like, I don't know, maybe you're just an alien. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'm an alien. <laughs> what? Yep. So yeah. I feel like... A- sometimes Japanese people's perceptions of what a black person is, is kind of skewed by the media. And I think they just think everyone's like dark enough to be purple. And if you're not dark enough to be purple, then you're not black or something. Yeah. But I'm not even that light skinned. So that's why I'm just, I'm that's also why I'm confused and why people are confused.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's an, it's another example of what sort of comes through that cultural filter of media yeah. or whatever else that people <clears throat> make these strong assumptions or stereotypes.
1: Which is strange because everybody knows who Beyonce is. Yeah. And Rihanna. And they're black women. So why are you so confused? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. It's okay.
0: Yeah. It's... <laughs> Again, it's, you know, Japan is a largely homogenous country. So it's like, but even here, even here, there is still obsession with skin color. Yes. You know, like there's this idolization of like creamy white skin.
1: They call it mashiro. Mashiro? Yeah, mashiro. Like very, very white.
0: Yeah. Pure white. It's insane. Like I remember speaking of undokai, like seeing... Many of the female teachers, like full on, like suited up in like sun blocking wear. Like it yep. was, it gets y'all, it gets hot as balls here. Like it was so hot. I remember leading hot up and to humid. It, it hot was, and humid. Whew. It was a, a hot like I've never experienced before. <laughs> and like I remember just getting off the train the first day, and it was just like a wave of like humidity. And that's roughly how hot it was leading up to Undokai. And some of our female fellow teachers were like full on suited up, like to block out the sun, like full arm coverings, gloves, hats, scarves, like, I was like, y'all, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to die. But I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily to protect their skin and maintain the paleness of it, but.
1: I think a lot of women do it for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, because, I mean, of course, the students aren't allowed to do that. But yeah.
0: Again, another example of like how like whiteness spreads, you know, well beyond just America and other countries. But like this again, this idolization and like even there are so many things to unpack. I mean, I'm so thankful to have you as a (laughs) co-host this season because this is an ongoing dialogue Um, and many of these conversations, I hope to dive even further with you. Mm. Um, but one thing is like, especially when I first met my students and I'm curious to know if you had the same, um, curiosity about you, right. As a person, but also like this being enamored with your features, like, with me, oh, your eyes are so big, or they're this, or your hair, or that, or whatever it happens to they be. I
1: really liked your nose.
0: Or my yeah. nose, or, or my beard. Like, I had so many kids wanting to touch my nose, or touch <laughs> my beard. And, like, I just kept reinforcing with them, like, you are also beautiful the way that you are. Like yeah,
1: That's good, because they need to know? hear it. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Seriously? It's just like, yeah, we look different, but both are good. Mm. Both are good, like... I can be beautiful and you can be beautiful. Like
1: yeah the, the presence of another's beauty isn't the absence of your own.
0: Say it again for the people <laughs> in the back.
1: The presence of another's beauty is not the absence of your own. Snap.
0: Snaps to that.
1: Please remember that. Yeah. Please. So, <sighs> but
0: we are drawing close to an hour time. And as I said, we're going to dive even further into these things because there's so much to talk about. But a few questions for you before we part. Okay. What do you really respect about Japanese culture?
1: Respect about Japanese culture Oh, respect Two things. yeah. One, they're very good at reading the room mm. and just kind of understanding without words, you know And that's a very that's a very useful skill for anyone in any culture in any country to have. And also, that they're always willing to put their personal feelings aside for the sake of the community. Mm. And no matter what the community is, whether it's just like that group that you're on and outing with or students or the teachers or just any community that you are in at that moment. It's like, OK, I don't like this person, but I can't make it difficult for other people. Mm. So I should just channel. Yeah. Mm and chill and yeah. that's what they do and yeah. i really admire that and i think if more people did that then maybe there would be less a little bit like a little better community yeah between people like the atmosphere would be a little bit better, and you know?
0: what is tatemai
1: oh right <laughs> tatemai is the idea it's like the tip of the iceberg mm. i would say like you just it's the facade that you put on yeah for people Like for other people's, for the community's sake. Right. Like just be polite, be courteous for the sake of other people. Yeah. Despite your own feelings. Yeah.
0: Like not bringing your issues into the room and making it all about.
1: Yeah. Because it's not about you.
0: (laughs) And what's number two? Number two. two. Wait,
2: was that your second one? Yeah, that was my second one. Wait, what was the first one?
1: The first one was, um, what did I say?
0: I thought you said they have the ability to read the room.
1: Yeah, they have. They can read the room. That's the first one. And the second one is...
0: Oh, those were two separate things. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, oh, no, no, no. That's good. So the first one was they can read the room. They have a really good sense of reading the room and knowing like...
1: Like others' emotions and like how gotcha. to go about a situation based on, you know, and de-escalating situations, you know?
0: Nice. And then the second one was knowing how to work in the community and not like bringing in their personal issues to... Yeah, they work in tandem. Those two work in
1: tandem, I think.
0: Okay, and second question for you. What would be your advice from your experience for a fellow black person to come to Japan?
1: I think you need to come here with a very open mind and thick skin Hmm. because there's something it's a bit hard to explain Hmm. and of course if you live in a place other than like Kyoto like Kansai I may not have like experience in those other places but when it comes to where I am right now what I can say is the type of racism that I've experienced and the type like in Japan and Hmm. the type of racism that I've experienced in America are drastically different And that's a conversation for another day. But keep that in mind because it's not always about what you think it's about. Mm. So just please come here with an open mind, open heart. And yes, please. But don't
0: feel like there isn't a place for you.
1: Yeah, because there is. There is. It's really it's like I said, it's a little hard to explain, but it's not always what you think yeah it is
0: yeah so well thank you yes and tomorrow where can we find you where can we find more about you me yes you (laughs)
1: um well i'm on instagram
0: yes and tell us
1: it's timo supremo 219 that's t-m-o-s-u-p-r-e-m-o-219 on instagram
0: on the insta and you can follow along with tomorrow there And um, also, if you have any questions regarding today's episode, especially for tomorrow, you can reach out to Typed Out. Or you can even follow Tamara herself on her Instagram. Yes. And again, that is Timo Supremo
1: 219.
0: 2- 219. Okay. And you, again, you can follow us at typedout.co. That is also our website, www.typedout.co. And we will see you again in two weeks' time on Tuesday. tomorrow. thank you. Looking thank forward you. to seeing you again next episode when we have some very cool things to continue investigating here. In Japan. So, matane! Bye bye! Bye bye!
2: Bye bye.